Hey guys, welcome back to the Level Up Podcast. My name is Angie and I am your host. So excited to get into this new episode. It has been a wild week, let me tell you. Last week, we're all snowed in. All the daycare was closed. Some of uh, the businesses were closed, but work continued because we are a work from home, we're a tech company and we adapt. And man, that was tough for me because Ivy ended up getting a bit of a stomach bug, no fever, so she just threw up a little bit a few times over several days. And the worst part is when she throws up in her crib, she's sleeping, and then we have to do like a whole thing. We've got to change the sheets, we've got to rinse her off, not fun. And then I'm struggling, I didn't get a lot of sleep, my routine is off kilter, and then I still have to get up and work and not only work, but work with a toddler, a needy toddler at my feet. So I touched up on this a bit last episode, but I wanted to kind of dive into it now with a fresh face, a little bit more distance. Ivy went to daycare yesterday and she went to daycare today. And yeah, it's just been a little chaotic. Work was stressful for a number of reasons, not only because Ivy was home, but we were working up on a pretty tight deadline. And a lot of the work was kind of like landing on design as well. It's a bit of back and forth that added a lot of stress. So this made me think, well, what do I want to talk about today? And I think the thing that I want to talk about is being a working mommy, uh, a working mom, a career woman with a family. So let me see. I had some questions up here that I wanted to touch. I've got a few things, so this is kind of where we can just dive in together. Welcome to the Level Up Podcast. I am your host, Angie, and this is a podcast where I talk about things that I'm learning, trying, and doing in an effort to be a better person, a more organized person, somebody who's athletic, who's strong, who is that girl, and this is me telling you about my trials and tribulations as I just try to be better. So with that, this episode is going to be focused on career moms working in tech, and let's just dive into it. All right. So personal experience balancing career and motherhood. So the one that is really near and dear is just this moment last week. Daycare is closed. I have the more flexible schedule and flexible career. There's not a way that my husband can do dentistry from home. So I am with Ivy. The other piece of this is I don't really have a a tight knit family to lean on. Like not only do they not live in town, but we're not very close. So my parents are also still working and it makes it a bit tough for me. So I do have great neighbors and friends that if I really needed to, I could lean on them by the same time. A lot of the responsibility does fall on me. So going to take her to appointments or if Ivy stay here is a half day for some training or I'm the one that gets her. That's one challenge. How do you prioritize between your professional and family responsibilities? Um, Tactically speaking, I think it comes down to if I feel that some work is really pressing, then this is time that I just shove Ivy. I mean, you can judge my parenting skills however you want, but I'll tell you what I do. I'm not saying it's great, but I will use the distraction and toys as an asset. So I'll take her in front of a TV. I'll open up a new toy, like some Play-Doh. She's really into Play-Doh right now. 
I'll break out the coloring stuff and I'll let her do her thing while I wrap up some higher priority stuff for another hour. And that's really only in instances where I feel like this, it's kind of a, a call on my end, if that's the higher priority thing. Some other triggers that I can toggle would be normally I take my lunch to work out and that's how I can fit in fitness throughout the day. But if in some instances, like last week, I'll skip my workout so that I can work through lunch and then kind of take a break a little bit later on in the day, like three and then find time. I feel like if I've done, I've done that, then I can be present with IV later in the day instead of having to work um, a little bit longer. Can you discuss any strategies or tips for maintaining a healthy work-life balance as a mom? The biggest thing is really being protective of that lunchtime, and I don't use the lunch to eat. <laughs> I actually use the lunch hour to work out, and I think that's made me a lot more present in work, a lot, made me a lot happier. Um, later today, I'm going to go and work out over lunch break as well, and there have been times when I wish I was more protective of that time, but I have to make that call so that I can be someone that's reliable in the workplace. In general, 90% of the time, my lunch is sacred and you cannot book over it. You book a meeting, like depending on who it is, I'll say, sorry, can't be there. I got other things to do, just catch me up later. And then what I'll do is I'll work, work out. The reason why I work out at lunch is not only for a midday break, but it's also because that's how the schedule is for classes. So I wouldn't be able to uh, work out in the afternoon unless I took Ivy to the gym. So I have actually done that. It's a bit harder now that uh, she might not be as easily entertained for the hour. Like she kind of wants to get out and run around, which is dangerous in one of those like smaller gyms with a bunch of free weights um, and barbells. So when, she was more willing to sit for that hour and just be on a watching a movie or something like that on a device. Like I know it's this typical millennial raising an iPad baby, but that's kind of what I had to do. Like if I was going to squeeze in, I would take her to the gym and every, the coach and uh, the gym owner are very open about that. But then now it gets to where she's like a bit more frustrated, less willing to sit for that long. And I realized that I need to either work out in the morning when everyone's still asleep or work out at lunch. But if it came down to it, I might bring her as well. What kind of support systems have been crucial for you? So my husband's my strongest support system. If I felt like, hey, I've been having a really bad day, like, can you hang out with me instead of doing your normal routine of working out? His outlet is the same too. Like we all owe it to each other to be able to carve out that time throughout the day to do something that's good for your mental health. It was like that space, that one hour that's yours. Uh, but I know that I could lean on him if I really needed to and said like, hey, especially last week when uh, I was the, being present as a primary caregiver for our daughter, that if I needed some support later when he comes home instead of his routine of winding down, relaxing, I was like, hey, I really need you. And that's something that I can leverage. I talked about this last episode too, where I also have neighbors who've offered their support and I try not to over their support there, but I know that that's an option for me too. How has being a career mom influenced your perspective on success and fulfillment? 
I've been in the past more title motivated. I felt like if I didn't have the title, I've been a senior manager for three years right now, about maybe we're going up on four. And past me would look at this and like, okay, I will max out at a certain number of years if I don't see any move, let's call it five years and say like, hey, if I don't see any career growth where I would go to the next level in five years, then I need to leave. Um, we've seen a lot of instability as a result of over hiring in the tech industry in 2020. So now there's instability. People are experiencing tons of layoffs. Where I work right now, even had a few layoffs um, last summer and the year before. It's just not a great environment to go job hunting. The other thing is I've become less title motivated as I am looking and seeking careers that support work-life balance. So you have companies, even the one that I'm working at right now, who will say you have unlimited PTO, but then there's some kind of bias. It's like everyone is maybe judging or nickel and diming you for the unlimited PTO. And a lot of times I think it's almost better for a company to have a clear set days policy so that people are more understanding like, oh, you know, I have saved up all my days. I need to use this. If I don't use it, I'll lose it. Unlimited PTO policy makes it a little bit harder to get your team to rally around that. Because when you leave, you leave work behind <laughs> and other people have to fill in the gaps. That's just what it feels like. In terms of how my perspective has changed, I think companies that have a really good work-life balance, right now we have team meetings that are happening. We shifted them because parents with school-aged kids needed time to go commute and pick up their kids and be there for them. So everybody was more than welcome to adapt and change the schedule and adjust so that uh, our teammates didn't feel like they had to leave in the middle of a meeting, that they could be present for their family. It's not like I need to be on this call while I'm driving, you know? So I think that has been something that I am starting to value more than being title motivated. All right, let's hit on a few more. What advice would you give to other moms navigating their careers while raising a family? One of the things that has made it a bit easier to navigate career while raising Ivy, like not having my close family network here, not having a lot of uh, family support in my life, has been talking to other moms. I talk to other moms all the time and just like having an outlet with people who will understand the pressure that you feel to be even more present in the beginning as you're adjusting to these new responsibilities, this new schedule, and just communicating like, oh yeah, it sucks. I feel like I have to do this. I feel like I have to work through lunch. So the, one of the best things that I've done is started opening up to other moms and maybe if it, you feel like you don't want to talk to your direct manager or your direct teammates, find other social groups uh, that you can talk with and say, you know, I'm looking for some support. I don't really need an answer or solution. This is just kind of what I'm going through. And I would love to talk to someone who would understand. The other thing that I'd say is that especially with social media, there's been a lot of pressure to take like a really great photo shoot of to capture all of these moments. Kids are really hard to take photos of. Like as soon as you get them dressed, then they like have a blowout diaper or they get tired and frustrated. So I'd say like relieve yourself from some of that pressure to get the picture perfect moments, to be the picture perfect mom, to have the cute outfit. 
I sent Ivy to daycare today in her pajama clothes. Her PJ top is Christmas. It is late January. We're getting into February and her shirt had um, reindeer and Santa Claus on it. And I was just, we're running late girl. Like you're going to wear what you're wearing. So finding those little shortcuts and being okay with that and not feeling like you need to have them in this picture perfect cute outfit. That's just one of the things like there are time and place for that, but a regular day at daycare, it's not picture day, like she'll be fine. So with working moms, I think just acknowledging their key moments, like let's say they're leaving for maternity leave. It doesn't have to be so big as like, let's set out time to have a baby shower for them. It can be very simple. One thing that our team does is to make little cards that people can sign, but they're virtual cards. We make them in Fig Jam. So we'll send the Fig Jam link around, make sure that this person isn't aware that it's happening and then collect some money for a gift card. So it just takes one person to say like, hey, sign this, so-and-so's going on maternity leave. Let them know how much you care about this moment for them. It takes no time at all. You're not coordinating a physical card and trying to hunt down people and find them around their schedules with the risk of even the person seeing it. So digital was the way to go. And it's way more fun when you can stick in photos. Photos, gifts, memes. And then collecting the money is just a cherry on top. And it doesn't have to be very big. It's just like a small token of appreciation and help people get kicked off. If you want to take a step further, like you could be the person that organizes a meal train. And meal trains now, I think there's the company mealtrain.com or something like that. It makes it really easy for you to contribute Uber Eats, gift cards, DoorDash, so that you don't even have to prepare food or buy food and hand deliver it. Just like the, the contributing, collecting those cards can be just as meaningful. And let the recipient decide when to use it. Okay, so that's a simple way to Make your teammates who are working moms feel appreciated. You can just get a card going around. And it's an e-card, right? Fig Jam, so easy. You can use Miro. You can use a, a number of ways to have people doodle and write text messages. And it really doesn't need to be a big thing, but just a small token of appreciation. And so another small thing I already touched on it is being flexible and adaptable. And it's never really going to be on the parent who says like, hey, can we move this? Like some parents, depending on the team, might be willing to share some of their constraints. But for the most part, looking back to even when I was first becoming a mom or first entering motherhood, I was less inclined to ask for any type of change or support because I wanted to prove that I can meet all of the requirements. Nothing's changed. I'm still here, I'm still Angie, 100%, and then I'm a mom on this side. But that's really not the case. Um, asking your teammates to change schedule seems like a big undertaking. So if you can be an advocate for people, like my daughter is not school-aged right now, but I noticed the struggle and I advocated for my teammates and said, hey, we need to change the cadence of this meeting because it's really clear that we need to make space for parents who are trying to pick up their kids. So I'll end on that note, just a few practical tips. And I really appreciate you guys for listening and tuning in as always. So I'll catch you in the next one. All right, bye. Before I fully let you go, I wanna talk a bit more about some of the things that I've been struggling with last week. So last week, yeah, I mean, I've kind of talked this to death, but it's like having Ivy at home with pressing deadlines and she's crying and sick and I can't go anywhere. We were eating like 
we're just going through all the food. I felt a, I felt really gross and icky about ordering Instacart in the weather in the streets. I felt like if I wasn't willing to drive in that, I wouldn't pay to have somebody else go out and deliver my food. And especially if they were able to go deliver it, like you can't really safely walk up into the courtyard. I, I've fallen like three or four times last week with the bruises to prove it. So we, I made a bunch of chilies. Like we had a lot of canned beans and canned tomatoes and I kind of like whipped it all together. I am not the chef, but he t give me a crock pot and I can toss in some things and some garlic. I can do that. So I felt like it was a really easy cooking week and it inspired me to restock the pantry. I felt really good about just cleaning out things that we had on standby and I wanted to, it was inspired to have some of those staple pantry items restocked after this blizzard because it's going to happen again. Like it's only January and normally there are coldest snowy months in Nashville could would be like late February, early April. So I'm ready to kind of take inspiration from that and have and be better prepared and get all of that done. Regardless, um, that's kind of where my head's at with that. So I ended up signing up for Kitty Compound, which is like an online dance training. And it's a little bit like steezy in the way that they'll show you the step by step and then you go medium or you go slow, medium tempo. You learn the choreography in pieces. And for each section, you'll go slow, slow medium tempo. And then at the end, you go medium and then tempo full out. And so tempo is just like full speed, like the speed of the song. And I really liked it. I felt like I might consider taking a month at a time and just like paying it as I go because the class itself is 19, wait, no. I would definitely reuse it. I just did a three day free trial because I was not gonna be able to go to dance class this weekend with the weather and I just didn't feel safe. They were open, but I, I didn't wanna make the drive. It was like 20 minutes and I can barely get out. So I ended up signing up for Kitty Compound, which is different. I just had some trouble with Steezy. I reached out to them, but so I did Kitty Compound and the dances on there were fire. Like I just posted one and I really liked it. Like a lot of them are a lot more sensual, you know? And I feel sometimes I'm like, mm, should I post this? This is okay, right? And I'll show it to Horde and he's like, yeah, you should post it. it, looks good. Actually, why didn't you ask me to film it for you. And I think that's really sweet to know that I have the support of my husband who's confident enough to know like, hey, that's this is her expression. This is her creative thing. She likes it, she posts it, and I'm gonna stand by her. That's my girl. And I love that about uh, our relationship. So anyway, Kitty Compound a lot, a lot more fiery, spicy dances. And they even have like pole uh, classes or like beginner level pole classes. I was like, whoa, this is spicy. So, but anyway, I'd be curious about trying some more of those classes. It's Kitty Compound is owned by Nicole Kirkland, who's one of my favorite choreographers. She is fire. And then this training online also supports hip hop. They have cheer classes. It's just like ranges. So I'd be interested in paying for a month at a time. I really don't want to get in a situation where I'm going to in-person classes and have two subscriptions for dance. Like I like dance, but I just don't have enough time in the week to be able to do that. So just to give you a little bit of context, the subscription for a month is I think $19.99, so $20 and you get unlimited access for a full month. 
and a class, a drop-in class for one at a time at area is $25, which I normally pay for a solo video, so that makes it $35. So as long as I take one or two classes out of that subscription, it pays for itself. I'm already paying for Steezy. I did an annual basis, so that averages out to be about $8 or $9 a month. I think it's $8.88 or something like that when you pay annually. And since I've already paid annually, if I take one class from CZ, it pays for itself. So like this girl math is mathing and I'm like, yeah, it's basically free, right? Like they paid for me to take this class. We're like, I am earning money. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm curious. I've already paid annually for Steezy, but the variety that Kitty Compound was offering, um, and it's all Nicole every day. Like, I love that. Whereas um, kind of having to watch each choreography and learn about the styles from a whole bunch of different people. I like the variety of Steezy, but I'm just a big Nicole stan. So long-winded way of saying like, there's so much dance and so little time. But I will leave you guys at that. Thanks again, as always, for listening. And I'm hoping that some of these tips help you so that we can level up together. All right. Bye.